episode podcast review of CBS's action adventure series MacGyver. I'm Patrick O'Reilly. And I'm Richard Wells. And today we'll be tackling Season 5, Episode 9, The 10% Solution. The original air date for this episode was November 20th, 1989. It was directed by Michael Priest, who had done Fraternity of Thieves, and we'll come back for nine more. And it was written by Tom and Sally Drake, which is a weird credit yeah. for an episode to be written by Tom and Sally Drake. A married couple mm-hmm. this is the first script that they've written, or at least that was produced according to their IMDb page. Um, not that they yeah. have a joint IMDb page, but yeah, yeah, their yeah. individual IMDb pages. They are a married couple, and it's possible that blues musician Taj Mahal wrote a song about them. Oh, because he has a song called Tom and Sally Drake, <laughs> but I could not figure out if that has any relation to this specific Tom and Sally Drake, or if this was a name that they just put on an episode because someone liked that song. Yeah, yeah. Um, How long has Taj Mahal been around? Uh, long enough for him to potentially written that song with these okay. people in mind. Um, the song came out in the late seventies, so you know, interesting. Eighties, so interesting. Um, but I can't find much else from Tom and Sally Drake. Um, and I couldn't find any information from Taj Mahal about what inspired that specific song. It doesn't right, have right. any lyrics, so it's not like it's a song about the two of them. Mm-hmm. And um, and it is unusual, like to to see like a married couple write. I mean, we we personally like you know as far as like like you know, the Cyrus and Betsy Narasta. Yeah, they uh, write together. Yeah, yeah, and then obviously like the the Wachowskis. Yeah. Who, who also operate under a single credit. Right. Um. So it's it's a kind of an unusual and the thing. Coen brothers. Yeah, the Coen brothers, um, but even the Coen brothers, like when they have they have separate credits. They say, yeah, it's they like still Ethan say Joel writes and, Joel and Joel Ethan directs Cohen. a lot of the time. Um, but it doesn't ever just says the Coen brothers. Yeah. As it does with the others. Right. So it's it's cool though. Yeah. Especially for a married couple to be doing that, like, it just reminds me of um, Melissa McCarthy and her husband, like how they work on stuff together. I didn't see the the new Melissa McCarthy movie that they did together, but the, mm. he directed Tammy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were both in Bridesmaids together. Right, right. he was the air marshal. <laughs> the not air marshal yeah, air marshal. Yeah, not air marshal. I knew it, I knew it. <laughs> Such a funny movie. Um, I wonder yeah. if he'll be in Ghostbusters. Oh, he has to be. I mean, I'm sure, because she would have that pull to get him in that movie, yeah, and there's yeah. no way she wouldn't let him be in the Ghostbusters movie. There's no way he didn't want to be in it. Yeah. So... Uh, but yeah, why don't we discuss uh, the ten percent solution in right. brief? Um, in this episode, oh boy, <laughs> uh, what starts off about an investigation into uh, art selling art illegally evolves derails quickly <laughs> derails quickly into a sinister plot to infiltrate uh, uh, political offices. Right. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to reveal too much because the reveal <laughs> no, I is. I already did last week. Yeah, but the reveal is incredible. Yeah. Um. So we start the episode at. Is it at the gallery already? Uh, no, no. We start off in the park. There's but, a lot of recycled locations. Yeah. In this episode. But my my biggest concern is, why wasn't this episode ten? I know. Like it, it's episode it's nine. So close. The ten percent solution. There's nothing about next week's episode that is any more important than this episode. Well, next week's episode isn't that the Christmas episode though? No, no it's, it's two not. times trouble. Yeah, they could have just flipped these. Yeah, just have this episode be episode ten, the ten percent solution. That yeah. would have been so perfect. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, maybe but it's not. It's not that. It, that's like a minor th- point. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I brought it up like, like when I was writing my notes. It's like episode. Yeah, if you nine, want to take issues, let's take issue with what what you've just reminded me is the beginning of this episode. Yeah. Which is a totally pointless scene of a jogger <laughs> getting mugged by three three yeah, men. Yeah. Presumably mugged. Hopefully not yeah. something worse. But I mean, what what are they doing? Like, this is all part of uh, Brand's political campaign. Like he's just. He's causing people to mug other people. Yeah, yeah. He he's creating a crime wave. Uh, he's using the money that they're getting from the sell, sales of this art to to create crime. It's it's a bonkers episode. This is a crazy yeah. episode. This is this is a little weird, and it it gets really intense because it does one of those things where it pans away from the girl getting assaulted to her screaming and a pond of ducks flying yeah. away. Like her scream was so loud it scared the ducks. Like this episode is the like. Like essentially, like the the reality of like a false flag operation, where everyone thinks like, oh, all this terrible, this stuff that's happening, that's just so the government could take our guns away. None of yeah. these shootings ever actually occurred. And yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. No, you're a crazy person, and so is whoever wrote this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Tom and Sally Drake. <laughs> yeah, if you exist. Yeah, if that is your real name. We know Taj Mahal wrote this episode. Yeah. Uh. So now we cut to uh, the Carlisle House auction, right. and but outside we do see like a newspaper stand of like uh, there's a lot of weird exposition that occurs in this episode, yeah. like on TVs and on you know, newspapers. So we get a quick, quick glimpse of this newspaper that says like uh, person assaulted in park, police say streets unsafe. Yeah. it's like the police said that. <laughs> yeah, don't go outside, say the police. We're too busy not following up on suspects. Um, well, because they have the police also in their pocket. Yeah. Oh my gosh, this episode is so crazy. Um, so uh, I mean, if they have the police in their pocket, why don't they just have the police file false police reports about crime that didn't even happen? Why do they actually have to mug people and risk getting caught? Look, I don't, I don't claim to have all the answers. Look, you gotta have some of them. I have you gotta some. give me some answers. So they're at this Carlisle Gallery. Oh, yeah, it's a, it's an it's an art auction. Right. And the gallery seems to be in the same room where, uh, just weeks ago, Pete tried to murder a diplomat. Yeah, um, and our first our first uh, person that we see there is Pete, and he's he's browsing the uh, dessert table. Right. And and you can see he's desperate. Yeah. <laughs> but he, he he's been the... eating salad all day, <laughs> and now he's staring down a plate of cupcakes. Uh, it never it never ceases to to poke fun at the fat guy. Yeah. Like. Uh, Character actors. Yeah. This is one of my favorite quotes from Thirty Rock with Brian. Uh, or was it Thirty Rock? It was Brian. It, was, it wasn't Thirty Rock, but Brian Dennehy was in an episode of a show. And I can't remember what he's talking to this other guy. He goes, "Ah, character actors. Who cares if we're fat?" <laughs> <laughs> I love Brian Dennehy. Uh, I told you he he met my dad once and was like, "Hey, you ever do like uh, stunt doubling or or uh, stand-in work?" And my dad's like, uh, no. And he's like, I think you could be a stand-in for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, does Brian Dennehy need a stand-in? Like, does he do stunts often? I mean, if he doesn't have to be on set yet and they're trying to get the lighting right or something. And, That's true. Yeah. Uh, so MacGyver is uh, dressed in a tux, which, of course, Pete makes fun of him, like, immediately. Uh, he's yeah. like, ah, no, it's purely it's purely camouflage so I can blend in. <laughs> um and MacGyver is looking at one of the paintings that the Phoenix Foundation is planning to acquire. 
because the Phoenix Foundation set aside and raised a whole bunch of money to to waste on paintings. Yeah, instead a, of helping people. Yeah, they're they're not putting <laughs> this money to the black rhinos. They are. No, they're not going to send it off to Africa. They're not going to put d- dump it into the the Challenger Club to keep it around and, yeah. and help the community. They're going to buy paintings because mm-hmm. paintings are more important than their than their community. Hugely expensive paintings. Yeah. That they can put in museums. Huge waste of money. Um, so MacGyver is like examining the painting and do you want these to just go in a vault somewhere MacGyver or do you want them to go in our vault (laughs) (laughs) Pete we don't run a gallery yeah exactly well we're gonna Um, uh, this is where Dr. Laura Sand comes in and uh, she is the art expert for the Phoenix Foundation yeah yeah so yeah he's the consultant that that uh, Pete will be working with as they make their purchases sure because like she's gonna say like you should buy that one you shouldn't buy that one. Um, I don't know why like you would think any painting that they get would be good. Yeah. Like this is a this is a, a an auction for famous art works of art. Yeah, they're all like artists you've heard of. Yeah. So um, the one that they're looking at is is a, a Peter Paul Rubens. Right. Not to be confused with Peter or Paul Rubens. <laughs> Peter <laughs> Rubens or Paul Rubens. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, this is. I believe this is a Peter Paul Rubens, and it's just like a picture of like, <laughs> like Terry the pterodactyl flying around. It's like, no, I'm pretty sure this is just a Paul Rubens. <laughs> is that cherry in the background? <laughs> uh, uh, so uh, the auction begins, and the you know the Paul Rubens comes up for sale, and. The bidding is like it's like a bidding war. People are getting it, and it gets around to four twenty-five. Uh, and as the money's going up, a man on a phone is kind of like reporting in, saying, yeah. "You know, this is what the auction's up to now." It almost looks like this woman is a spy for the other side, and she yeah. knows exactly how high they'll bid, and so she's telling Pete to keep going until he's yeah. wasted as much money as possible. On yeah, this exactly, because she says, uh, "You know." Do one more for four twenty five. It's like, what do you mean, do one more? What if someone bids more? Yeah, why didn't you tell me to just bid four twenty five from the start? Yeah, exactly. It's like, what? Why? I was gonna get this painting no matter what. Yeah. What are you exactly? Are you doing? Yeah. For me how right are you now? helping me? Um. So it seems very suspicious. Um. And uh. So of course Pete wins the wins the auction. Right. Just as a gentleman, uh, Sam Belinsky comes uh wandering in and he sees the painting and, and tries to interrupt the auction. And I feel like he had time because it was, it was only on the going. Also, if it was that important to him, he should have been there before the auction started. Yeah. Um, um, the he, actor playing Sam Belinsky here is, is, I believe it would be pronounced Nehemiah Persoff. Yeah, I would say that. Um, but he, uh, he actually, the, he provided some, I, I didn't copy it down, but he, he had some words to say about working on this episode with the, project the macgyver project oh really he's still around he's in his mid 90s okay um but he remembered working on the show and actually um talked a bit with uh, nick swedo about the episode um nehemiah also provided the voice of papa mouskowitz yeah in, uh five series um i guess just the first one in american tale i don't remember if five goes west had the parents in it uh it did oh, okay. they, they, they all go west. and then i assume it would be yeah he did a voice in that too um and he also played uh mitchell traven from uh, twins, who's the guy who like explains their origin, to right, the right, right. The movie. But yeah, he's so he puts up a finger to try and interrupt the auction and right. And I feel like he had time. 
Yeah. Like they were only on the going twice. Yeah. And and he goes, sir. Like he he says it loudly. Like everyone else is just holding up yeah. signs. He's calling attention to himself. But he uh, doesn't have the paddle. A paddle, a, mm. an approved paddle, so they can't accept bids from him. I think at an auction you can accept bids from anybody. Um, we don't want your money. Yeah. Homer, uh, you know your money's no good here. Oh wait a minute, this is real money. <laughs> that Homer has like printing yeah, he his brings own. Homer bucks in oh Homer you know your money's no good here oh wait a minute this is real money <laughs> <laughs> because the whole concept I mean, I'm over explaining the joke but like the whole concept of like your money is no good here means, means like that you, you don't, don't have, have to pay, pay. Yeah. yeah no I just that's one of my favorite Simpsons jokes <laughs> because they're able to take a joke and turn it around so quickly yeah so as the auction, uh, Pete wins the auction, uh, Sam is like, no, 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 this is my painting. You can't sell it. He runs up and he grabs the painting and then immediately throws it onto a podium. Yeah, he smashes it through the corner of the podium so that it punches a, a Gaping giant, hole yeah. in it, yeah. Um, and Which, it, if he cared that much about the painting, he wouldn't have tried to wrestle it out of people's hands. Yeah, yeah. But also, in a room where people are paying hundreds of thousands of dollars for paintings... You should have someone there to protect the stage and prevent a painting from being stolen. Yeah. Like, yeah. what if he just ran up and grabbed it and ran off? Yeah, exactly. If, he was, if it was more than just this one old man by himself, then someone could easily have made off with mm-hmm. the painting. And I don't really know, I guess, I guess only for the purposes of bringing it to a lab to be analyzed, mm-hmm. why the painting needed to get damaged. Like, I would think... Yeah, that's true. I would think that either way... Dr. Sand would need to authenticate the painting and examine it. And even with his claim. That's it, true. It, it didn't need to have a hole in it for them to take a chemical analysis of yeah. the painting. Especially and, like once he's saying, hey, this painting belongs to me. It's stolen. Then even then Dr. Sand would say, oh, maybe I should take this back and take a look at it. Yeah. And I also don't think that this auction house would have any right to sell the paint, like to charge Pete however many hundreds of thousands of dollars for a painting that they let be destroyed on the stage that yeah, night. Yeah, like, like he never took possession. <clears throat> so he doesn't have to pay that money. That's how but I feel. He, I thought he did take possession because they show the painting in the Phoenix Foundation labs later. No, well, I mean, but, I mean, as far as, as this scene with the auction. Right. He he wins the auction. Right, you're saying he never took possession before that point. Yeah. But it looks like he paid that money and got that painting exactly. anyway. Even though it got a big hole punched in it yeah. after he bid on it. Yeah, I would. I would have said no. I'm not. I'm not getting this now. I think the auction house would have said, "You're right. We can't give this to you like this. Yeah. and we can't charge you the money that you it, offered to pay for it." If you go to Best Buy and buy a TV, and the Best Buy employees are taking it out to your car and they drop it and smash it, they go, yeah. "Well, there's your TV." Yeah. No, that doesn't happen. Yeah. Uh, and if it does happen, the TV was probably broken before they dropped it. Yeah. Whoops. Contact the Better Business Bureau. Oh man, my friend John, he he ordered um. It's amazing. I, I really like this new trend with computer monitors that they're like super, super wide now. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like a 32 inch monitor, but it's not super tall because yeah. it's extra, extra wide. Yeah. Um, he, and, and they're curved slightly. Sure. He, he ordered one from Amazon and it came and it was just cracked the hell. I'm sure and, a curved monitor. That doesn't ship yeah. easy. And like, he sent me a whole bunch of pictures. Look at this. And it's like, oh, it sucks. Cause like he was waiting for it. You yeah. Know? Um, so I don't know why I thought about that. But he got that. his money back, though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he got a replacement one, too. But, uh, yeah, so uh, at the foundation now, they're examining the painting. 
and we're in the lab that we I think most recently saw in Renegade. Yeah, it's, it's like the kill, that, it's the kill zone. It's the kill zone. It's it's whatever set they're using for a lab. I imagine it must be something at at some kind of stage yeah. in Vancouver because it's being reused an awful yeah. lot. Uh, it's got automatic doors and stuff like that. You know, it's fancy. Yeah. Uh, of course, it's it's probably like the, it's probably more like the Star Trek automatic doors where there's guys behind the doors who slide it open and slide it closed yeah, rather yeah. than actually having motors to yeah. operate it. <laughs> uh, so they're examining the painting, and uh, you know, Pete's of course upset that. He might have been. He might have purchased a damaged painting and a stolen painting. Well, he definitely purchased the damaged. That's true. Painting. That's true. Uh, so MacGyver wants to uh, talk to the gentleman, who. It's like, well, the least we could do is talk to him, right? Yeah. Um, and also, like, while we're at the foundation, as we're walking through the hallway, we kind of cut to a TV screen that sh- that's showing this guy who's running for Congress, Mr. Brand. Right. Um, they don't say if he's running for a senator or house. I think it's usually Senate that they make a big deal out of. Yeah. Like, whenever nobody knows the name of a, a representative. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like in movies, it's always someone running for Senate. Um, it's never running for representative. Yeah. Uh, and he, then the someone, one of the reporters questions him about the crime. He's just, oh, you know, crime is a blight on our on our state. We need to, uh, when I'm in office, I'm going to make sure that crime is my first and foremost kind of duty kind of thing. Like, yeah. they're really playing up that from what we saw earlier in the episode, which seems unrelated, that this is all connected. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so um, as they're examining the painting, uh, also, uh, uh, Sam Bolinsky had mentioned the ERR. Right. Uh, which, I'm going to mess this up, but... <laughs> Einsatzstab Rosenberg Reichminster. Right. That's as good, best as I'm going to do. That was pretty good. Um, and that's that was uh, Hitler's. A for what? A for effort. <laughs> pronunciation. Um, that was Hitler's group of uh, art thieves and collectors who were hoarding stuff for him, and popularized the, recently in the yeah, film The Monuments. Exactly. About the recovery of of yeah. said uh, things, and uh, so they were a group that would have stolen from a Jewish family, such as Sam Belinsky's characters, right? Especially since he was in Poland. Which was, you know, obviously in we all know Poland was one of the first to go. Right, and they so, must have been a fairly well-off family because he this said, wasn't a cheap painting when they had it in their house. Yeah, and 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 Bolinsky boasts that they had a lot of really great artwork. Yeah. Um. Uh, and so, uh, so you know, MacGyver wants to go talk to Sam about it. We cut to the Bonaventure Silver Mine, which. We believe is the same silver mine from Jack in the Box. Oh, it's definitely the same yeah. silver mine from Jack in the Box. Which was and, a zinc mine in Jack in the Box. But, right. And um, a- according to uh, the MacGyver Project, um, it's the site of the Britannia Mine Museum. Yeah. And it's a Canadian National Historic Site. Currently. So it is a silver mine then. Yeah. And according to their website, the distinctive white tiered structure is called Mill 3. It was built in 1923. Huh. This is all information from the MacGyver Project. Um, I'm assuming you said, it, it, is it a silver mine? Because I, I hear Britannia, and I would think immediately that it's a silver. That mine. would be my guess. Too. Yeah. Um, the... But I don't actually know what they were mining there. Well, never you mine. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, so we find that uh, Lyle Hogart, who was the man on the phone calling in the bids to an unknown person, 
meets with a woman who we only know as Madam Brandenburg. Right. Um, and he's so like polite, like so official when he calls, he calls her Madam or yeah. Madame. Um, I have a lot of problems with this because Lyle Hogart is a ginger. And when, <laughs> when it comes to, when you see what the plan is, I was like, he should not have been involved. I, I in don't this. know. I see if he would be involved in this. Um, um, Lyle Hogart here is played by John Novak, who you might recognize as Max Muller from Renegade. Yeah. Um, but he also played the PR officer in Killzone, who was like, "No, we didn't have anything to do with all of your animals dying. It's just a weird coincidence." <laughs> uh, and uh, so he he's talking about the sale of the painting and that this guy Sam Belinsky is causing trouble. And Madame Brandenburg is like, well, I don't want anyone asking questions about the painting because we've been selling a lot of artwork. Just have him killed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and you think it's... Just save us all a lot of trouble and just have him murdered. Yeah. Uh, and so at the police station, as MacGyver's kind of going in to meet with uh, Brandon... Uh, sorry, with, meet with Sam Belinsky, he's talking to a detective, uh, Sergeant Gray. Right, which is Gary Chalk again, who was... I, th- I think in this same police station, it looks like the same police station from Deadly Dreams. Yeah. Um, uh, and he played Detective Sweeney in that episode who took an axe to the chest. Yeah. Oof. Um, and I think we mentioned that he was in a lot of 90s cartoons and right. stuff. He was also uh, Tony Ellis in the Thin Ice episode. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the same. Presum- he's, he's playing a different police officer in the same police station. Yeah, presumably exactly. Presumably one with fewer children. <laughs> Uh, or it's his twin brother with a different last name who like inherited all the 12 kids. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, MacGyver, they're, they're bringing in Sam, uh, to, uh, you know, to, to talk. Yeah. And we get a really suspicious character, like a janitor coming in, yeah. but it looks like he's wearing inmate clothes. <laughs> yeah, I, can't, I, I can't read what it says on the back he, of his shirt. He's wearing, on the back of his shirt, it says something and it's like. This isn't the prison. Yeah. This is a police station with a holding cell. So why would you wouldn't have inmate labor there? Yeah. Um, and uh, so as soon as Belinsky comes out, the guy cleaning the ashtrays just pulls a knife, and MacGyver just goes knife, yeah. and then jumps and starts fighting the guy, and Gray immediately just pulls out his gun and blows the guy away. Yeah. And, and he shoots directly at MacGyver, and MacGyver's, like, cringing and, like, yeah. cowering from the bullets. Like, oh, yeah. hey, wait till I get out of the way, at least. Um, and it's Gray, a good shot. Yeah, and Gray makes a weird comment, like, oh, man, all these years in the service, I never thought I'd use this. Yeah, like, like that's literally the first person I've shot. Yeah, it's like... You seem pretty quick on the trigger. On the, yeah. Because <laughs> um, no matter what, this was going to be a suicide or... Because this guy... Even if he killed Sam Belinsky, would have been arrested and then questioned, yeah. or would have had to have been killed. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what the plan was because he wasn't going to be able to get from away from that guy's perspective. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he wasn't going to murder someone in a police station in front of a bunch of cops and get away with it. Yeah. So he was basically volunteering his life in the name of the mm-hmm. cause. Uh. So uh, at the back at the mine, uh, Madame Brandenburg meets with the future up-and-coming Senator William Brand, who right. she refers to as Wilhelm. Right. Um, and she has a really thick German accent. Yeah. She's, um, I almost wish uh, Cloris Leachman <laughs> was oh playing God. her character <laughs> from so Young weird. Frankenstein. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love Cloris Leachman. Uh, uh, and she's, like, checking his tie and says, you know, oh, you have a speech coming up soon. Wear your blue suit. And I think, I think he even calls her grandmother. Yeah. 
uh, and uh, and she once again tells Hogart to kill Bolinsky yeah. and anyone else he might be talking to because yeah. now he's been taken into custody or put out on bail or the or maybe even the charges were dropped completely. Yeah. They never really say. Um, and uh, so Mac brings Sam to the, see Phoenix, the painting. To see the painting, and he, he of course tells the story. <laughs> I really wanted him to just come into the room and be like, oh, I hate this painting! Uh, and smash it, set it on fire. <laughs> I kept thinking all this time that something was going to be hidden in the painting at this point. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's why... That's why you tear it open? Yeah. Yeah, that would make more sense. Uh. And, uh, of course, he, he starts telling us a story My about... 14 herbs and spices are painted on the back of this. Protecting <laughs> <laughs> that family recipe. But he wouldn't talk, would he? <laughs> uh, was that Bush's baked bean? That's Bush's, yeah. the, the dog. Roll that beautiful bean. <laughs> <laughs> What a great campaign. <laughs> yeah, I hate commercials for like 99% of the stuff. But once in a while, there's like a really amazing yeah. set of commercials. There's that. I really like the Jack in the Box commercials. I really liked the PlayStation uh, 3 commercials back in the day where they were just like at the PlayStation headquarters. Sa- yeah, yeah, sales office. Yeah. And that one guy was just like. Really excited about it. Yeah. He, that was really fun. I really like what KFC's been doing lately, switching out the yeah. Colonel Sanders every couple months. Every, every couple months for another really awesome comedian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, Belinsky tells the whole story about his family, the, you know, the, 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 the Nazis taking the paintings. Um, and, he said that he he said that they came on October twelfth, nineteen forty, on Yom Kippur, and of course I checked it out and sorry checks out. Yom Kippur. He's not making it up. Um, but Belinsky also ended up working for the ERR as a clerk because right. he was so familiar with art. Uh, and uh, while he was working with them, uh, it's it, it's one of those situations where it's it's like a survival thing. Like it's like oh, it's either I work with them or I die. Um, there was a movie that was never released. I know because we never released it at my company. Um, about <laughs> about um, uh, a Jewish-run uh, factory that the Germans want, and they're willing to basically they go to rather than steal it, they go to the owner and say, "Hey, look, we'll protect you and your family if you sign and give us this factory." Yeah. Um, and it's like the whole struggle of, do I protect my family by giving in to these people who are killing my people? Yeah. Or do I fight and just die for the cause of yeah, not lose everything? Yeah, so it's kind of an interesting. It's a difficult. It's a difficult situation. You can yeah. tell that, and and you know, the guy playing Belinsky really plays it off like I, I did what I did, but it was I had to, to do it to live. Yeah, yeah. Um, and but he had found the records of the painting, uh, amongst the ERR records and took them. And so he has the record that says that it was stolen, when it was stolen, from and from who, and he when did it was... all of this work, but he didn't bother to attend the auction in time to buy right. the painting. Um, and according to Lyle... I set an alarm on my phone. I accidentally <laughs> woke up at 6 p.m. instead of 5 p.m. <laughs> I didn't know it was daylight savings. <laughs> uh, but according to the official records, the painting was legitimately bought by the Brandenburg family in 1932. Right. Or the Hogarth family, that right. is to say, because he is their he's their face. Yeah. Uh, and uh, 
So they decide to go check out Belinsky's records, and Hogart tells them to go after Belinsky's home as well. Right. Uh, Which is kind of a crappy home. Yeah. Uh, and it's like a duplex. Like he's yeah, like yeah. his other neighbors. Um, in the meantime, Dr. Sand is going to investigate uh, Hogart personally and ask him some questions. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm still suspicious of her at this point. Yeah. Because like she's, she's like, oh, I'm going to go talk to Hogart. Yeah. Um, we also get – this is our first meeting with Veronica – Who's her assistant? Well, technically, it's our second meeting with Veronica. Yeah. She's got some terrible line delivery coming up. Yeah, the the actress playing this part is is Darcia Carney, um, playing Veronica, and apparently she also played this same character Veronica in Renegade, mm. which was the last time we saw these Killzone Labs. Right. So presumably she's the woman who's in full hazmat gear, who says right. someone stole one of the anthraxes. Mm-hmm. But um, the anthrax eye. Anthrax eye, however you would say that. But uh, we don't see her face in that episode because she's totally wrapped up. Right, right. Um, but it, I guess it's the same actress. Um, so, uh, but as soon as she confronts Hogart uh, outside of his real estate office, um, which is also important that, yeah. that he works in real estate. Uh, oh, wait, there was one other line that I, that I um, when he first gets to the lab with Sam and... Uh, and I think Veronica's in there, and she says, oh, I heard about what happened at the police station. Uh, I hope everyone's okay. She said there was no permanent damage. Yeah. It's like, pretty sure a guy got murdered. The guy just got killed. <laughs> um, but I'm okay. Yeah, but I'm fine. Thank you for, for bringing it up. Um, uh, yeah, as soon as Dr. Sand confronts Hogart about it, he just pulls a gun on her. Yeah. He's like, well, you're coming with me. Yeah. And back at uh, Sam Belinsky's place... Uh, he's MacGyver's basically given his entire life story like through photos and tells yeah. a very tragic story that all the people in his family photo were were dead yeah. like as soon as they were taken like they they were gassed or yeah. burned and like the day that they got to the, yeah. the camp and uh, so he's the only one left and uh, of course he finds the documents and that's when Hogarth's men burst in and just knock MacGyver right out yeah. Um, and, uh, the next scene is like a hard cut to Pete and Sergeant Gray arriving at the house, but it's already, you know, they're already long gone. Um, and, uh, Pete gives Gray all the information that they've learned because a chemical analysis of the painting revealed that it's got some like silver mine residue. Right. Uh, does that mean silver? Yeah. Is silver well, yeah. It's like, it's like, what, what is like, I, I think, I think the stuff is like, some kind of acid that they use to strip away the stuff that isn't silver. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, since we've, we'll find out that all these paintings were stored in the cave itself, rather than in an environmentally sound yeah. uh, location, um, just throw them in a mine. I, it, I guess it makes sense to keep them in a mine during wartime. Yeah. But after that, move them into like a temperature-controlled vault with like Air significant filters. security. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so the Vran with MacGyver and Belinsky arrive at the mine and Belinsky immediately has like a horrible reaction to the place because it's all very, uh, labor camp looking cause it's got yeah, like yeah. work shacks and which makes sense. And, cause the last time we saw it, it was playing the part of a of labor, labor camp. camp yeah. And there's guys walking around sentries, you know, and, uh, we don't like get it like a weird, like flashback overlay of what's happening to this. It's just, it's just his facial reactions of, yeah, of yeah, yeah. what is this place. Uh, 
And uh, so they're taken inside. At the same time, another car arrives um, and then basically just calls up to the office. And all we get is that uh, the Phoenix Foundation is looking for silver mines. Mm-hmm. So, the, so, they, so whoever was in the car was some kind of informant. So they're like, okay, time to move everything out of this mine. Yeah, exactly. Time to move everything. And like they have such a nice base set up too. Yeah. And uh, so uh, Madame Brandenburg now makes her appearance to Bolinsky and Bolinsky immediately recognizes yeah. her, um, which is surprising because I'm sure he hasn't seen her in 50 years. Yeah. Um, but you probably don't forget someone that ruins your life like that. Yeah, but I mean, she must have looked. She must look completely different. Yeah. But, um, he he talks about her that when they would finish gassing people or killing people, that her and the other German SS wives would just loot the bodies. Yeah. And I'm like, oh man, that's so messed up. Yeah. Like, being SS like is one thing. Like you're really committed to the whole Nazi thing. Yeah. Um, but to be like that committed as a wife. Yeah. Like, oh sweet, I work for an SS officer. Time to friggin' pilfer some bodies yeah. for for jewels. Yeah. It's like that's that's messed up on so many levels. Yeah. You couldn't invent a more like corrupt introduction for a politician than yeah like, yeah literally like uh descended from nazis selling stolen jewish art yeah. to fund his campaign and crime in the city mm-hmm. and so now madame brandenburg reveals her, the great plan then why she needs all this money to sell this artwork and she just moves the curtain and you're like holy crap yeah there's giant giant nazi swastikas. flags um, a map of the United States that's mostly grayed out, with the exception of five states on the West Coast. Which is where the title comes from. Five, mm-hmm. five states would represent 10%, 10%. of the United States. Um, and, and, and she calls it their 10% solution. Yeah. Which is obviously also the title of the episode. Which is potentially a reference to one of two things. Yeah. Um, there's the 7% solution, which is a Sherlock Holmes uh, right. I'm gonna say the word pastiche. Yeah. Uh, so I was told. I was told that that's the correct way to say yeah. it. Because it's not actually an Arthur Conan Doyle story. Is right. it Sir Arthur Conan Doyle or just Arthur? I Conan think it's Doyle? Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. I forget if that's like a misnomer or if he actually is a sir. Hmm. Well, I'm gonna give him the benefit of the sure. doubt. Um, yeah. The Seven percent solution is written in the Holmesian style, but it was written by uh, writer director Nicholas Meyer. You know what it is, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle? It's not Sir Ian Fleming. Ah. People think it's Sir Ian Fleming, but it's not. Well, uh, yeah, so it was, it was written by uh, writer-director Nicholas Meyer, who's like known for things like uh, Wrath of Khan and Undiscovered Country and yeah. uh, numerous other films. That aren't Star Trek related. Yeah, that aren't Star Trek related. <laughs> the two that I mentioned just happen to be Star Trek related because <laughs> uh, those are my favorites. Right. Um, uh, and uh, the other... Pro- probable more likely thing is that Abraham Lincoln had what he called the 10% plan. plan. Um, and that was at the end of the civil war that, you know, the South was still kind of in chaos and it was like, well, what's going to happen? Are they going to be incorporated into like one state? Are they going to get their old states back? How is this going to work? Yeah. And Lincoln said that if 10% of the population of each state pledged loyalty to the union of the United States, 
they would be allowed to reassemble their state governments and operate as independent states again. Right. Otherwise, they would be forced to be federally controlled. Right. Um, and Which makes more sense based on what how she's describing this plan for correct. the Nazi takeover of the United States. Yeah. So the 10% solution in this episode is that they've infiltrated schools, uh, the legal system with judges, teachers, journalists, yeah. police, politicians with Nazis. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not like – I don't mean like neo-Nazis. Like No. These we're... are like – Straight up, like sworn to the SS. Nazis. Yeah, these these are like the the. It's so creepy. They just got a flag with markers all over it. Like in, also, the states that they've chosen seem like the total wrong states to choose for this kind of a movie. Yeah, like when you say neo Nazis, like people think of like the South, not of yeah, yeah. like the Pacific Northwest. Like <laughs> the states they have mapped out are uh, Washington, Oregon, Idaho. Yeah. California and what Nevada. Nevada, yeah, and it's just like that seems like a really weird choice, especially mm-hmm. when like Nevada already has a very strong religious presence that is yeah. not Nazi sympathizing, and well, so does Idaho. I mean, I mean, as far as religious presence, yeah, um, it's but it's the wrong religion. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Like Nevada's like a hundred percent Mormon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, that's what I'm saying. Idaho's yeah, Mormon. and. and the Pacific Northwest and California are like the most atheist parts of the United yeah. States. Like they would not just lump themselves in with the Nazi movement. Um, yeah, but uh, but they've already have mass integration, and their plan is that you know even MacGyver says, "Didn't Hitler try to do this?" You know, a little while while ago, and, and she then says, they were like, "He got impatient." Yeah, he, Hitler was impatient. We have learned that it's better. It's going to take some time. Like she even says, "It'll take 20... 20 plus years, but yeah. it's going to happen. Yeah. And as long as I keep explaining our plan to people. Yeah. <laughs> Just keep telling you. But speaking of uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, have you heard of the Ghost Club? I have not heard of the Ghost Club. Okay. The Ghost Club is the first, uh, it, the world's first and longest running uh, paranormal investigation group. Okay. It started in the like 1860s or yeah, I think it was like 1862 it started. And um it was founded by Charles Dickens <laughs> and Sir Arthur Conan Doyle was a member of it and they would literally like go around like what, you know, taps or ghost hunters do and they would investigate scenes where people said, "Oh, well these brothers, the the Davenport brothers have mm-hmm. this the this cabinet with ghosts in it, and they and they talk to spirits through this cabinet, and so go check it out. And so they would all like pile into a carriage and go investigate it, and then that's insane. It. But it's like it's it's crazy that this was a real club that they were both members of, and like Yates was a member of the club, like all these like prodigious authors were members of the group, and like it's been around so long that people like Peter Cushing have been members of it too. Wow. Like, okay. Moving forward. But so, so, so it's very British. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like Peter, you're like all the names you, so you've thrown out so far, you know? Yeah. 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 No, it was all, it was all based in, in London. And, um, I, I, I guess it originally started in Cambridge, hmm. um, like on the campus of the school. Well, that would, and that would make the most sense. Yeah. Like, like just like the American one started at yeah, Columbia. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so I just thought that was a really neat thing. Yeah, that, that is very I neat. I found out about it recently, and, and uh, I just remembered it when we were talking about 
Conan Doyle. Uh, so now that they've revealed their master plan, the villains, it's time to kill them. Right. <laughs> well, here's the thing, though, that's kind of a problem, is that as much as they have revealed the plan, all they have are flags mm-hmm. on this wall. They don't have names on them or any further information. Right, like, right. Hopefully there's paperwork outlining what each of these flags stands for so that people can be removed or investigated. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but well, I mean, I'll, we'll just get into it now, I guess, then. It's not a crime to be a member of the Nazi party. Yeah, but which at is, least, like, yeah. Which is, like, the more horrifying aspect of this. Yeah. Um, unless, like, they investigate these people and they were, oh, people were bribed or they rigged the election or... Yeah. Something happened where they did something illegal to get to this position. Yeah. But which at least Brand is doing. Like yeah. it's it can probably be followed through logically that a lot of these people are being at least funded by the sale of this art. Mm-hmm. If these are the people masterminding the plan. Right, right. Mastermining. Uh, mastermining. Because it's a mine. Speaking of, they're led into the mine as and we get to see like that they're removing all the artwork from it. And of course Dr. Sand, who is the resident expert is able to identify him as like Monet's and Rembrandt's. Um, and, uh, and, the, and we were joking when we watched this and I said, it's like, cause she says these paintings are priceless. And I really hate when someone uses that word to describe something that clearly has, has like, if you, would you describe that Peter Paul Rubens painting that you bought as priceless? Cause you bought it for four twenty five. No. The only thing I would describe as priceless would be like something at the end of a MasterCard commercial. Yeah. Like a child's laughter. <laughs> you can't put a price on that. $80,000. I'll charge you for my daughter's laughter. Um, they're led into uh, like a little side room shack kind of thing. Um, and they, uh, it's once again like, uh, it's a, the last time like MacGyver was put into a room and then acetylene gassed was in the, uh, the Diamond Heist one. Uh, with Nikki Carpenter. Oh, okay. Yeah. I can't remember. That was the first time we meet her. Fire and ice? Yeah. Um, where they're trying to fool the, the, the diplomat. Because the diamonds were the ice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, they were left in that room with the acetylene gas. Yeah. Uh, so once again, they're being gassed by the acetylene. The time before that was Phoenix under siege when he was put in the gas in yeah. the closet with, with, with Harry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's always finding ways to, to get into a room where he's been gassed. Yeah. Um, of course, for Sam Belinsky, this is like the ultimate freakout for him. Like mm-hmm. that he's being finally, after all this time, yeah. he's been he's been avoiding this, and now it's 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 come for him um, by the very people that were doing it to his people back in the day. Yeah. It's the like same woman. Yeah, it's so bonkers. Yeah. Um. Uh. But what's stupid on the bad guys part is that they fed this little gas line all the way into the room to the point where MacGyver could just grab it and and stop the gas from coming yeah. in because that's immediately what he does. Yeah, he opens up the vent, pulls the tube out, and folds it closed so mm-hmm. that he's, he's kinking it off. Yeah, so now there's no more gas in the room, but they're still trapped in it. Yeah. Uh, so Well, there's pr- probably some gas in the room, which is what bothers me about the next part of their plan. Yeah, oh yeah. Well, um, so MacGyver says like the door that's that they're stuck behind is a fire door, so it's hollow. Yeah. Uh, so he starts jamming his knife into the metal and then takes a rock and says, he must go through knives like crazy. Yeah. Because it seems like every episode he's like using his knife to scrape metal. Yeah. It's like, you're ruining that knife. Yeah, that's not going to cut anything tomorrow. Um, so yeah, he uses it to like puncture holes in this uh, 
metal frame. Yeah. And then, uh, uh, so fire me- door, so it's hollow. He says. Yeah. So yeah. So he fills it with gas. Meanwhile, Pete has finally put together that a silver mine, a local silver mine, has is owned a- by the Brandenburgs. Yeah. Well, it, and uh, and uh, he's looking because he's looking at the shareholders, and he finds that Lyle Holgart is a shareholder and did the sale because yeah. he's in real estate. Yeah. Um, and and he's then getting, he decides he's going to call the police at first. Yeah, he's, yeah. He has Veronica call Sergeant Gray, um, and then Pete slams down the phone, and she goes, "Mr. Thornton, <laughs> 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 it's the worst delivery ever." Yeah. Um, and and she says, and he says, "Look who else is like Harold Gray? He's in on it too." Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's it's pretty bad. Um, so now they don't know. I mean, I guess Pete calls a different police. Yeah. But at this point I would go, God, I don't know if I can call yeah. anyone at the police. Um, I, you know what I would do in that situation? If I knew that I couldn't trust anyone, I would just say there is a mass murder going on at this silver mine. Get everyone you can down there yeah. now and like make the call to multiple Make sure stations. that MacGyver is as outnumbered as possible by Nazi sympathizing <laughs> police officers. Uh, yeah, because uh, Gray is one of the people who put MacGyver in the cell, and MacGyver even said like, uh, "So what are the what's the cost of uh, bribing a police officer these days?" And Gray's all, "They didn't have to bribe me. They sold me on their ideals a long time ago." It's like, damn. <laughs> so, this is pro bono. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and again, this is where like I don't understand why Lyle Hogarth is a part of this because he's like super gingery yeah and like mm, i don't know how much Aryan you are buddy yeah uh uh but uh yeah so macgyver fills the door hollow with gas um and then uses the light bulb like an electric light that's in that room he smashes it open and blows the door completely apart but i think your problem is that it would ignite all the gas there should have been gas in the room with them still yeah which and even when he puts it in the door, there should be gas leaking out into the room. Yeah, like, but that, that hose should be flaming yeah. like at the other end. Yeah. Because he has to get out to shut off the gas. Yeah. It, there'd still be gas coming into the room. Yeah. It's an acetylene torch. The whole concept is that gas is constantly coming out so you would have a flame. Yeah. So the pressure is high enough that it would do that. Yeah. But, um, so uh, as they escape, uh, Hogart sends like – a couple of guys, like a guy to go in to check on the, to make sure that they're dead. Right. Tells, he tells them to take a gas mask. Which uh, I knew exactly how that was going to end. Yeah. So MacGyver does the old uh, one punch knockout and the handshake from yeah, he, yeah. here at his hand. And he completely steals this guy's clothes, which. Including the gas mask. Including the gas mask. I always wonder, like, they never show, like, the bodies, like, after they strip them of their clothes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I always think it's funny. Like somewhere around here, there's like a mostly naked guy. Yeah. And they're like, wait, does MacGyver have his wallet? Yeah. Like, did he steal his wallet too? Or like, what, what did he leave his personals? <laughs> yeah. We haven't had one scene where a guy in his underwear runs up and it's like, Hey, <laughs> stole my clothes. he took my stuff. But uh, he keeps the mask on and he walks back down to the camp where brand is like, yeah. What happened? And he just Are does like the just, like does the cut yeah. the slit throat gesture. Yeah, and Brand should have been like, you know, you don't need to wear the gas mask down here. It's 
plenty breathable air. Plenty breathable air. Wait, unless you know something I don't. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, like they're cleaning out everything. MacGyver goes to Hotwire Van to be their getaway vehicle. Right. And I assume that it's the van that they're loading all the artwork in because they Gray seems pretty impatient about them getting that van out of there. Yeah. Um, but while that happens, he told the other two to wait yeah. at the mine because he's going to come back for them. But Sam just loses it. Yeah, Sam runs. He goes taken. Yeah, Sam runs off, knocks out Hogart with a shovel. Yeah. Uh, and then steals. Hardcore. It. Like, it looks like he's going to take his head off with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, MacGyver uh, knocks out Gray. And Belinsky now has a gun, like, checks it, and then runs into uh, the building where Madame Brandenburg is. Yeah. And he holds her at gunpoint. And it's such a weird place to break for commercial there. Yeah. Like, it seems like they should have bro- broken for commercial after they just after they escaped or something like that. Because yeah. coming back from a commercial where he's about to shoot this old woman... And it's a really intense scene because, like, she's she's all, you won't kill me. Yeah, she can't decide her strategy because first she's like, you don't have the guts to kill me. But you should kill me because yeah. that proves that we're the same. Yeah, she's all, you Jews are too weak. You'll never pull that trigger. And it's like, no, it would, you're like, I can't stand a world. Belinsky says, I can't stand a world with your kind in it. And she goes, well, on we that we that can agree. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. Even to the point of her death. She is just solid Nazi. Yeah. Um, uh, and Bolinsky gets really close to shooting. Like, his finger's tightening on that trigger. Yeah. Um, but he says, no, uh, I won't kill you. And so, but he, but, he, but he takes her out and he goes, march, schnell, like yelling as if uh, yeah. like he is now in control. Yeah. Um, also, I love that uh, while Pete and the police arrive and they're invading the compound, First of all, MacGyver's still in, like, their outfits. Yeah. Like, he should be more careful about yeah. who's, like, running around and shooting people. But they also find the per- perspective Senator Brand hiding under a porch. Yeah. They don't show him hide under there. They just show him when he's getting pulled out of Yeah, it. he's being dragged out by Pete. Yeah. <laughs> like, what it's were like, you doing down just there? just showing him as, like, a total chicken shit. He should have been the first one to leave, by the way. Yeah. You should have said, "I can." You, you should go first because because you're running for office. Yeah, you're a part of our plan. Um, There's no name on the flag that represents you on this map. Yeah, um, and so Brandenburg's taken away, and MacGyver and Doctor Sand are left in the room with the Nazi flags and the map. Yeah, and MacGyver just stares at yeah. the map, and it does like this slow zoom in on all the flags that are pinpointed on the map. Yeah, and it just ends on this like. What what are they gonna do? Yeah, there's no roundup of like. So we made some calls and we found so out. So we all started the people. a new blacklist and we brought all these people before the House on, on American Committee. Yeah, or or even just like oh we had, they had all kinds of files on all these people so we know where they all are or yeah. something like that. No, it's just like there's yeah, nothing. You can't you c- start up McCarthyism again. <laughs> like it's yeah. just like oh well I guess there's Nazis now. All we can do is stop the illegal ones. Yeah, it's it's such a a bitter bitter note to leave on yeah and which is all the more crazy yeah uh there's an episode of uh the next generation about these like brain parasites that are taking over people in the federation and and you don't so you don't know who's who and who to trust yeah um and it's called battlestar galactica (laughs) yeah i mean essentially (laughs) uh 
and uh, this, you know, this is TNG. So yeah, yeah. Way earlier, but the the last thing that happens in the episode I think is Battlestar was first technically. <laughs> the original Battlestar. Um, but did they do the whole Cylon switching thing in that I one? I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, I don't know. Cylons in that one were big, huge robots. Um, oh, okay. I don't, I don't know. Maybe like they did. Back then? I don't know. Um, but uh, the last episode, of the last moment of that TNG episode is they, they one of the alien creatures before he's killed sends a distress signal and a location beacon to the rest of them. Yeah. <laughs> and they couldn't stop it. Yeah. So now they know so that they're like, coming. Oh, crap. <laughs> And it just ends on that note. Yeah. And so this MacGyver ending on that note is like, there's nothing you can do, yeah, is there's there? there's no solution to this. There's no 10% solution to this. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's such a crazy episode. And this episode stuck with me for a long time. Yeah. Because um, I think, like, some other channel started airing MacGyver episodes, like, four or five years ago. And I tuned into this MacGyver episode. Oh, this is all watch MacGyver. And then when she does that Nazi flag reveal, I was like... What is this? <laughs> I don't ever remember this. Yeah, I remember when I was watching it for to prepare for this episode. I was like, "Oh my god, this just got so crazy all of a sudden." Yeah, it's it's a good episode. It's really powerful. It's really strange and bizarre because MacGyver's fought just about everybody, um, and so it was like, I guess it's time to fight some Nazis. Yeah, uh, it just seems crazy to be. Like, to have those flags in your office. Like, it's one thing to be like, this is our plan. Mm-hmm. We're moving forward with it. But it's like, to have all the, the swastikas and the Nazi regalia, yeah. it's like, what if, like, somebody broke in here to steal stuff and found all this? Like, yeah. There's no reason to have this. You're just, you're going to get Flaunting. caught. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, it just seems super excessive in on top of what you're already doing. Yeah. But... And I'm assuming that she brought those flags from Germany. Right. Even though they look brand new. Right. It's like, who made those? Yeah. Where did you get those made? And how long is it going to take before the guy whose family name was Brandenburg, who is is running for office and potentially taking a Senate seat, is going to, like, he has to file all of his tax paperwork. And it's like, oh, 100% of your income came from paintings that were supposedly destroyed in the 40s? Yeah. That's interesting. (laughs) That's 100% of your income? Also that your name is Brand, and there's this Nazi group, Brandenburg? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, They they also make a point, like the whole shortening of your name to be more American. Right, yeah. Because Dr. Sand says, like, oh, my name was originally Sandberg. Yeah. Um, but they changed it when they came to Ellis Island. Uh, he says, and, well, you can change your name, but you can't change who you are. Yeah. And he says it like in a nice way there. Yeah. And then when he says it to, to, to Brand. Brandenburg, yeah, he's it's just like, like, well, you can change your name, but you can't change who you are. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. Great episodes. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, I think that's about it for this one. Yeah. Uh, if you guys have any thoughts you want to share with us, you can find us on Twitter at Opening Gambit. You can find us at facebook.com slash phoenixfoundationpodcast or our website, phoenixfoundationpodcast.com. And if you're digging the show, feel free to review us on iTunes. Tune in next week. We're going to be covering episode 10, uh, Two Times Trouble. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Another great episode. All right. Thank you for listening. Thanks.